Welcome back to Trending Education. Dan Straffer, Mike Palmer along with you. And on today's episode, we're going to talk again about edutainment and why it's not that bad. Even it is a good word to talk about in the educational sphere. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, and I'm happy to see the renaissance of the word edutainment, uh, which I've been a fan of edutainment for a long time. Um, you know, it's also like I, I view edutainment as like a way of consuming content. Uh, it's almost like, you know, if we're uh, hunting and gathering our experiences in life, you know, the prey that I'm always seeking is edutainment. Like I want to learn and I want to be entertained while I'm learning. Uh, so, so I do think it's interesting that it, that whole concept has uh, maybe uh, not, that word at least has had some negative connotations as not being serious enough, academic enough. Um, but, uh, but I think it's an interesting topic because I think there's plenty of opportunities uh, to learn in ways that are uh, entertaining. And um, I think part of what we wanted to do on this show too is just recommend a few of them because um, uh, that gives us an excuse to talk about like media and pop culture. Um, but again, that's the mindset part. Right? I think if you watch something exclusively to be entertained and like intentionally avoid, oh, I'm, I'm almost learning right now, let me stop. Um, this, you're going to hear some interesting thoughts on this show because I think we generally, I at least feel the opposite to be the case where like, why not learn? Um, and then now that we're entering an age of like second screening and you can always right. be, uh, you know, it's figuring out the right questions to ask, like, what is this provoking you to think about? And then how can you find the best information about those ideas? Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really interesting topic. Plus, we get to talk about language and portmanteaus. So, like, this is like a win-win-win. This is what I like to call a win-win-win. So many different. Uh, I think there's a, a good uh, hip-hop song we can put underneath here. Yes. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, the it, so there are many paths to go down here. One, I want to let everyone know uh, the week uh, upcoming uh, as we drop this this Thursday and Friday, uh, there is a uh, conference going on in Cambridge, Massachusetts, called Sound Education. Mike will be appearing on a panel there talking about social sciences, but it's a great place to talk about podcasts. It's called Sound Education. Uh, it is a great place to talk about podcasts, but about learning in general and about entertaining. Obviously, what we're trying to do here is not only bring knowledge and, and learning to the forefront, but be entertaining while doing it so you keep tuning in. Uh, but this is a good place to, to get in on that. So if you're interested, check out Sound Education. Mike will be there. I'll be there. Uh, don't know if we're going to record anything for the pod ourselves there as of yet, but we're going to try to. So if you're out there, love to, for you to say hi. And, uh, and also, I, I, it's great, great point, Dan, too. And also, I think we can hopefully start curating other podcasts that you can learn from as well, because I think there's a growing uh, set of them. And this conference in particular is where folks have been focused on learning and educational audio, educational podcasting are all going to be getting together. Um, excited to see uh, who we connect with, whether we record with them immediately or later on. But um, one fun part about podcasting as a format is it's very collaborative. Like you, it's pretty easy to get somebody on. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to make some new connections and uh, bring some additional experts in. Cause like it is, um, you know, as I've looked more into the uh, educational podcasting space, uh, the concept of edu edutainment is pretty prevalent and it's generally not viewed negatively right. uh, as a word and um and also as a as an approach to um uh, to your style i guess yep um and i think 
the format of podcasts almost lend themselves to um, like entertaining conversation, at least when they're at their best. So like if you have a conversational format and you're focused on learning, um, it's been fun discovering that there's many, many different flavors of this out there. Um, we tend to be almost intentionally very wide and wide ranging in our topics. Uh, but it's interesting to see, I mean, although they all relate to learning, it is, uh, it is interesting to see when folks go deep on a particular thing. So like, um, interesting about that. I haven't seen anyone go deep specifically on edutainment yet. Yet. But, uh, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's next? I want to sort of set up our conversation from here. Uh, you have many times uh, talked about edutainment, but also the other side, which you have deemed at times, entercation, yeah. uh, which is the idea of edutainment being education that is entertaining. On the other side, entertainment that is educational, right? So the idea, do you think we need to define them as two separate things? Or do you think whether you learn or not matters? I like that you're trying to be honest uh, in your take there about the difference between edutainment and education. Nobody talks about education. Uh, it's just they a bad, will now, Mike. It's just a bad portmanteau. Like when you have a bad portmanteau, it doesn't get legs. Nobody wants to. It's sad, you know. It goes to the, it goes to the shelter for bad portmanteaus, and uh, you the know, farm nobody, upstate. There's a bunch of terms on Urban Dictionary with zero likes. You know, like it's just it's just a sad it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, I like to joke about uh, entercation because uh, edutainment is so much more prevalent as a word. If you go to, if you get zeitgeisty about it, you go to Google, you do your little search, you're going to find tons of terms, tons of references to edutainment, not so many for education. Uh, talk a little bit more about it later, but I also started to dig in a little bit around flern, uh, F learning, put the fun in the learning and you get flern. Uh, but I think they're all um, they're all interesting uh, ways of thinking about uh, connecting learning to the rest of your life, and uh, also connecting learning, which is typically thought of as a cognitive behavior, to uh, an emotional experience. And um, I think when when a great teacher does that, um, I think frequently it is in an entertaining way. You know, I think it could be. There are ways in which the experience can be memorable, salient, powerful. Uh, sometimes it's very like, you know, personal, vulnerable, authentic, showing extra care and nurturing. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call that edutainment. I would call that like caring, great teaching. Uh, but I think the edutainment part is more um, where humor or narrative or um, uh, just sort of like the, the tenets of, um, storytelling uh, come into play in the classroom uh, or in any sort of, you know, teacher-student dynamic. Um, and I think that's where, um, that's where the magic happens as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, those, those are the, I still remember experiences from high school. I was lucky enough uh, to have good public school uh, really throughout my, 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 uh, initial education in the US. Uh, but I remember many of my teachers, particularly teaching me language, I remember uh, uh, Drew Weinland, my, uh, my English teacher, I think uh, 10th grade. Um, I, he modeled for me a love of language and the way he would, the turn of phrase, you know, he was, I think he was trying to be a poet and like he had some writing. Uh, he was just a very funny guy, super sharp, uh, edited our yearbook. 
but um but he was a guy when he would just stand at the lecture there was a lectern and talk about vocabulary um you know there was no format like podcasting available then but like i listened to those lectures in the way that i listen to great podcasts nowadays and i think we're still just scratching the surface of getting those amazing uh intimate small experiences that happen in like literally millions of classrooms across the world get those memorialized in formats that everybody can enjoy um it's a pretty interesting um state and time you know like and then uh related to that i think is also like what, what we frequently call like the golden age of media and entertainment that we're mm -hmm. living in where um you know, outside of capturing what's in a small classroom somewhere and give it the platform of and scale of reaching the world through podcasting or, or YouTubing or, or, or these formats. I think on the other side is, you know, people who traditionally haven't been associated with learning and education wanting to add value, want to give back, and then providing entertaining content that is still elevating uh, to the audience. Um, we're seeing a ton of that. And I think we have a, some references of more highly produced um, video shows, you know, either like, you know, shows on HBO or Netflix. Um, I did want to make sure we talked a little bit about some of those because I do think if you, if you adopt that mindset of when I'm consuming media, it's partly with the intent to learn. Um, that's really the mindset that I have. Like I read a Read a ton, read and listen to a ton of nonfiction. Yep. Uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are, uh, I would view at least informative in part. Um, and uh, I think we want to begin to curate a little bit of that uh, also as part of this conversation. But um, I don't know. Did I answer your question, Dan? You did. I think it's the wide, you know, array of what can be edutaining, like what what can be in this pocket is a teacher who takes it upon themselves to be entertaining in the classroom. It's also purpose-built edutainment, things on Netflix, things on podcasts that are built to be exactly in this sphere. Um, and I, I think being open to it all being edutainment is really where we'll do well. Uh, if it's entertaining, do you get more out of it or do you retain it a little bit better? Or do you recall it better? I had similar teaching experiences, teacher experiences, I should say, in high school and college. Yep. Uh, professor I had in college sang every class yep. period and would sing about, he would use a pop song from his 60s, 70s to describe something in U.S. history. Right. And it was always, it wasn't, he wasn't good, but he made himself accessible. His first day of class, he used uh, Getting to Know You, he sang. Yeah. When he finished, he said, if I can sing that here in this class, you can raise your hand to ask a question. Right. And so those are sort of things that stuck with he me. Was, and, he was wearing his pants, right? Because if he wasn't that, that, well, it was a while ago, so maybe, who knows? Who knows? He, he was, he was pantsed, yes. Okay. Yeah, because like, if you really want to be like, if I can embarrass my, let me sure. show you how embarrassing right. I can get. It can start to get awkward. Right, exactly right. Um, and you know, he, he was, it, just his singing voice was the level of embarrassment he nice. went for in nice. that regard. But yeah. I think, uh, one, there is a global report out, which is great to see uh, on the global edutainment market analysis and forecast to 2027. So that's not something we're going to dive into fully here because it's a lot of data, uh, but the research is being done around this as well. So talking about edutainment as a word and as a even uh, an industry, it's being recognized as such. So we're getting to see that people are producing content, ed tech companies, Netflix, all those people in the world. Um, I wanted to take a step back and, and define a little edutainment for myself. Yeah. And it's coming back is, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? 
mm-hmm. is one of those shows that growing up I loved. And it, it was geography, it was computers, it was um, logic games to an extent of understanding where she might be going and how you needed to find her. And it's back now on Netflix. It's a cartoon and it's going to be a, a, apparently a live action film via Netflix as well. And there's potential for the live show to be coming back as well in the not too distant future. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what sticks out as capital E edutainment or, or sort of what I think of when I think of edutainment, uh, the ability to entertain kids, entertain them in this sort of uh, spy world, but also that's how I learned a lot of geography. That's how I learned a lot of where places were in the world and how cultures worked. Um, and that's what I think first and foremost when it comes to edutainment. Is that similar to what you think of when you think of edutainment or do you think of something differently when this world and this genre comes up? Uh, yeah, well, and uh, full disclosure, I think we talked about it on the show before, yep. like we almost named this show, that's edutainment. Uh, and we did a show specifically uh, about edutainment where I sang that's edutainment to the tune of that's entertainment yes uh the the musical from like way way back in the day so this is something uh very close to my heart uh i think probably with good reason we named this show training and education who knows 100 190 shows later we're uh, we're not sure but uh but we've had a great run with uh training and education we'll likely continue to do it but it's kind of fun that uh you know, under that name, but it's fun to understand that uh, that we were calling this uh, trending in uh, trending in education was originally called that's edutainment. Uh, if you find our back catalog, you may uh, hear me sing. Oh, we'll uh, find it. That tune, uh, and that is something that when people sing, you remember it. You know, when people tell you a joke, you frequently remember it. Jokes are stories. You know, and uh, you remember jokes more than you remember just like sort of boring stories that people tell you. Uh, so. Um, you know, the humor makes it entertaining, makes it salient, that's easier to remember. Um, I think the the return of this uh, more broad concept, I think is tied to the profusion of content that's available where people can slice and filter in a very um, refined way now. So you can find exactly what you need. Uh, so you can get some, you know, artisanal uh, e-learning, small batch artisanal, uh, e-learning uh, can be delivered to you. Uh, and I think that's different than like way back in the day when I think a lot of this started was uh, more like uh, the Children's Television Network, uh, Sesame Street, The Electric Company, uh, PBS just in general. Uh, and then, uh, you know, there were laws in the, there, there was a movement to fund public education and leverage television as a way to, um, broadcast television as a way to uh, absolutely you know continue to push out content that was specifically designed to educate kids um, not too dissimilar from you know there was a panic not too dissimilar from what people are talking about now around social media panic may be slightly overstated but it's salient it's emotional roll with me but um, I think there was a concern that there wasn't enough like valuable content TV was all low values, you know, our kids aren't learning from TV, they're just sitting in front of the, the quote unquote idiot box, um, you know, watching cartoons that don't really uh, educate. And that, uh, that wound, wound up with uh, a lot of the original programming that was designed um, by, by a handful of uh, production companies that was designed to, uh, to educate. So that's like Sesame Street, uh, you know, uh, the electric company, 
and um, later on the Muppets, which I would think is probably a little more entertainment rather yep. than they, they weren't specifically designed for education, but that was all, you know, the Jim Henson sort of school uh, was, was really interesting. And then uh, Electric Company was another one run out of Boston. Um, you know, Morgan Freeman worked there. A uh, bunch of big, big stars got their, uh, got their, their start there. Um, and they did really compelling content uh, as well in the in the early 70s. And that was also right around the time that Schoolhouse Rock was also on broadcast television. So um, I think edutainment became associated with television early. And I think a lot of that television um, was either uh, specifically uh, designed as educational programming on, uh, you know, the public broadcast networks or it was designed as sort of like Saturday morning interstitials. So like when, when you were eating your sugary cereal and uh, watching too many cartoons, during the commercial breaks, there would be like some stealth learning where uh, a cartoon would start and it would have a jingle and you'd be like, hey, this is pretty cool. And then lo and behold, you would memorize the preamble to the constitution, uh, which I still remember to this day and I've begun to sing it to my son uh, because he, he's nine months old. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. But at least I'm um, sort of communicating something that has meaning, has meaning to me, and it's even historical content. And all of that comes from kind of that sweet spot of my upbringing in the, say, like mid to late 70s uh, into the 80s when, um, you know, there, there was kind of a golden age then, I think as well, when like a lot of the initial visionaries around educational television and educational broadcasting designed for kids um, were really in like their auteur phase. Uh, then I think it became a little more um, like mapping a similar design intent like Carmen Sandiego around like maybe uh, the next phase of uh, public broadcasting production, like they had a different um, orientation towards, uh, you know, that's like three, two, one contact and like Carmen Sandiego, that was sort of like the next phase. Um, but like this, this type of content has continued to get out there. But I think once cable came, it fractured a little more. Um, and uh, I don't know whether it's come back together for kids. And then I think the other reason why it's a bit of a dirty word for adults uh, or, or just a bad word, excuse me, is, uh, is that, you know, it's seen as somewhat trivial. Like if right. something you could learn through a short form video or, uh, you know, audio ed ed edutainment is an interesting idea, but if you learn something through something, uh, you listen to, um, that is designed first for entertainment purposes, uh, it's like, well, why aren't you doing the hard work? Why aren't you right. eating your vegetables? Why aren't you, why aren't you going through the drier material? Why do you have to go to the funny lecturer? Why can't you go to the person who really knows her stuff? Um, you know, those are really interesting questions. And that's something I think we want to, um, you know, see what kind of research there is in the space. Uh, you know, frankly, it's kind of exciting to see that there is research in this space and that there seems to be more focus on this type of content and then I think that's partly because I think it is picking up viewership, listenership, uh, interest. And um, maybe we could pick up with a few of our uh, recommendations, uh, Dan. Uh, so I don't know if you had any recent shows or any uh, programming you've enjoyed of late that has uh, 
has both entertained and uh, elucidated, illuminated you? Uh, you recommended the one I was going to bring out, which is Backstory as a podcast. Yes. Um, we had it recommended through a couple of different channels uh, to Mike, and Mike uh, passed it along uh, to me. It's, it's one I've just started listening to, so I haven't gotten too deep into it. But the idea behind it I love of uh, uh, historians breaking down the, the backstory to an, an event or to something happening in the world. Um, I am, I was, I guess I still am a history major from college, uh, though I do not practice in said major. Um, regularly, I do like uh, understanding it. So that's one that I, I look forward to digging into more. And I will say, um, I've talked about it in the past, uh, PINA, which is uh, some uh, an organization we've talked about before here, and we hope to talk to them uh, very soon here on the podcast. Uh, I've gotten that for my daughters. We've used oh, great. it and yeah. used use that platform. And can you uh, explain a little what Pinna is? So Pinna is focused on bringing audio to uh, young children and getting them to be off screens. Now, understanding they need entertainment or, or want entertainment, uh, but going to the podcast side, going to the audio side to be entertaining and educational. Uh, the main one we listened to was the Mars Patel uh, serial show. And we're not the whole way through it, but it's about space travel and it's about a little bit of mystical stuff and science fiction. But uh, it's really entertaining. It's really well written. Uh, kept me riveted while we were driving. Uh, we listened to it in the car. Um, and uh, isn't a, a very interesting platform to get away from screens, yep. but still use modern technology, modern things mm -hmm. to entertain school age children. Yeah, and good good audio production, music, uh, you know, original programming designed to help. I think it's targeting children age three to twelve, yep. and it's uh, audio based. Uh, you know, subscription service, uh, and uh, it's an interesting one to track um, in this space. And uh, it is a little bit of the, uh, you know, spoonful of sugar mode of uh, content uh, strategy where mostly entertaining, but also frequently the topics are um, also educational in nature, or there are ways for families to kind of uh, talk about the ideas right. uh, in ways that are helpful. And to your point, I think the real, the real biggest win there is that it, it sort of frees your kids from screens. They have uh, another show we're really interested in, which we haven't uh, listened to yet, which is all about debating, but it's debating topics like ice cream versus dragons. Right. And like things that are entertaining in so yeah. much that it's fanciful and it, it's, it's freeing of the mind, yeah. but it's also teaching children how to debate and how right. to discuss topics and, and support a topic sentence and support their ideas with right. facts and, and argument behind yeah. it, which is really interesting. My kids don't need the argument side of it. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but we will uh, entertain that one soon as well. I'm still struggling. I don't know which, I mean, I would need more time to do research to even uh, cast a vote one way or another. That's tough, you know, cause like, like you got ice cream, but then you got dragons, you know, and like, and I'm, I'm a grown man and right. I can't even answer that question. So, uh, you know, I probably would lose to, uh, to like a seven year old in, in that debate. But, uh, but yeah, that's interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, so those are great recommendations uh, on, the, on the audio side. Um, I watched The Mind Explained, or I started to watch that, which Vox, uh, we've talked about Vox Explainers recently uh, on these shows. Um, so Vox uh, does a nice job with their video explainers. They just did uh, a series about The Mind uh, narrated by uh, Emma Stone. Um, and uh, that's pretty uh, compelling content, also relatively short form. So you could, uh, I think one's on anxiety, one's on um, dreaming. Uh, haven't gotten to the one on psychedelics, but I'll get to that one. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting, I think it's like five or six uh, shows. They're all about the mind. And, um, you know, Netflix will push you into binge mode on that before you know it too. So I almost want, I'm still trying to tweak my settings on Net, Netflix and YouTube so that I can actually do space repetition and I actually have time to kind of wrestle with the content, try to recall it on my, my own before I'm sort of dropped right into the next one and the next one and the next one. But, uh, but, uh, but those were quite good. I would recommend the, uh, the ones that I saw at least. And I imagine they're all like that. Um, yeah, and another great show that I would recommend uh, that I watched recently, it also got a good amount of press, uh, was called American Factory, which is on Netflix, uh, which covers uh, the, the story of uh, a factory in Ohio that manufactures the windshields and glass for, uh, for cars and how the American factory, uh, American owned and operated factory had gone under and now a Chinese company had come in uh, to the middle of Ohio to kind of revive the town by opening up a plant here. Uh, but then some of the, the dynamics that emerged there, uh, you know, whether the, whether the workers there could unionize, uh, how does this relate to our, you know, US uh, Chinese relationships, the, the current uh, dynamics around, the, around our trade uh, with China, um, and all communicated in a very human uh, kind of documentary lens. Um, I thought was really compelling in a number of, a number of ways. And it, it also gives you something um, to kind of grab hold of where sometimes these ideas get abstract. And this was sort of told in a very um, case study uh, kind it. of narrative. Uh, so I thought that was great. Uh, we mentioned back, uh, Backstory, which I think is another one. And then, um, just shameless plug for Succession, which is uh, my new uh, my new Sunday night HBO uh, go to, uh, and it's about it, it is somewhat educational. It's a bit of a stretch, uh, but it's uh, it's based in part on some of the bigger media families. Uh, you know, whether it's the the Murdochs or the Redstones or some kind of blend of the two, uh, and it's basically about a family owned media company that is about to go through, uh, you know, a succession planning phase around uh, Brian Cox, who plays uh, Logan, the, the, the patriarch of the family, and uh, the dynamics among his family, uh, his, his new wife, and uh, really intriguing, really funny. Um, and then uh, does, for those of us who have any sort of interest in uh, how large organizations are run, uh, how media companies operate, um, obviously it's, uh, it's, uh, it's dramatized, uh, but, um, and brilliantly acted and, uh, obviously adult themes, uh, you know, it's, it's not TV, it's HBO, but, um, but, uh, but I got a lot out of that. It also, it's, you know, vaguely tied to the story of Lear, you know, so like you do have the aging patriarch who has to divide up his company, sorry, his country in the case of his kingdom in the case right. of Lear and his company in the case of uh, Succession. But um, it's also getting not quite there, but a little bit close to um, the this just in appointment viewing element of uh, what I loved about Game of Thrones is that like as each new episode is released, I think there's only two left in this season, um, there uh, there's a lot of content generated around uh, the show. And uh, I do, uh, I am looking for uh, replacements 
to that uh, that Game of Thrones uh, fancy uh, that I established over the years. So uh, maybe it's a little more just pure edu- entertainment, uh, but I think you can think about what you might learn. And it is also, we talked about how, I think in a, when we were trying to do the same thing with Game of Thrones, how you, know, you learn about what it's like to be Machiavellian um, like I think Succession does a lot of that where like what are the right tactics to kind of acquire power and influence. Uh, it's got a little bit of a reality TV survivor kind of alliance thing going on too. Um, and um, I think we're naturally drawn to those types of uh, stories about power and intrigue. Um, and um, and then also it's just brilliantly written. So I right. think, uh, you know, if you love language, uh, it's, it's just a, a writerly show. You going this direction though also allows me to drop that apparently the last episode of Ballers, which is the uh, the Rock Wayne yes. uh, Johnson show, was called yeah. Edutainment. Well, the last really? episode was in uh, fact called Edutainment. As as far as I can tell, while while researching yeah. for this episode, right. uh, the one that aired this past weekend was was called Edutainment. So right. we'll have to check that out. I will uh, drop one more. I talked about this on the Gartner Hype Cycle episode. Uh, the Wired. Uh, five levels videos. Yes. There are six of them over there on YouTube. Right. Uh, there's quantum physics, uh, sorry, quantum computing. You know, there's one about music as well. So it's an expert explaining things at five different levels, uh, elementary school, high school, college, uh, an early stage professional, and then an expert. And mm-hmm. so you see how they change the explanation uh, to get up to that expert, but you learn along the way because you're getting that foundational piece, which is the ele- elementary school level, and then you build on it pretty quickly. Um, and it's, it's, it's intriguing. I like the way they built it. And I think it's actually a really cool model to think about uh, when teaching uh, foundational and then building and scaffolding and all that uh, very quickly though, obviously yeah. in that video series. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on edu- uh, clearly a very large topic that we're gonna come back to. We are, as I said, at Sound Education uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that is a series that uh, just began last year, a conference that began last year that is looking to expand and grow and uh, bring people in and bring people together. And Mike put it, it's very easy to be competitive uh, when you have a show and you have other education shows. This is a very um, open world and one that's open to partnerships and uh, networking and people getting together and working together and growing together. Uh, So the education podcast space and the education and uh, even edutainment space is pretty wide open. So if if you're interested, uh, this is a good place to enter. But any uh, final thoughts for you, Mike? Uh, not really. I, I, I like the idea of learn, uh, which when I saw it on Urban uh, Dictionary, it looks like uh, learning through failure has three votes and is the only definition of learn on uh, Urban Dictionary. Uh, so we got two votes right here. So yeah, exactly. So maybe we can start a groundswell. I've I don't get me wrong. I I love the whole concept of learning through failure. That's the Mandela uh, Nelson Mandela quote that I, I use frequently, which is I never I never lose. I either win or learn uh, is uh, is famously attributed to to Nelson Mandela, which I so I I believe in that level of learn, but I also think the idea of fun while you learn um, is is really intriguing to me and. Uh, uh, jokingly, uh, of course, because you can't take something called Flern that seriously. But uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to see what, what comes out of this conference. Would love to hear more from folks for their recommendations. Where do you go to learn? Uh, you know, we'll continue to try to make those recommendations both on shows and through other uh, outlets. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it is a fun time to be learning. So, uh, you know, don't be shy about getting your Flern on. 
And there it is. That's where we'll leave this one. If you have recommendations, you find us on Twitter at Trending Ed. Same on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Find us LinkedIn.com slash Trending in Education. We're posting there, sharing there uh, each and every week. So join us if you're on LinkedIn yourself. TrendingInEducation.com as well for any and all information about our show. Thanks so much for listening, as always, to Trending in Education.